You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Alan Seals. And I'm Liz Eston. And welcome to Carried Away, a podcast where we explore the films and television shows starring the one and only James Eugene Carey. And you guys, we actually have a very special guest today. Our first special guest. Woo! Who is he or her or them or they? they? Tell us! Tell us! Join me in welcoming an actor, singer, and writer who you may know from School of Rock. Goosebumps the Musical, Phantom of the Auditorium, and Beetlejuice on Broadway. It's Alex Brightman! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to think of myself as more actor, writer, singer. But yeah, thank you. Oh. <laughs> thank you. And th- these days, it always kind of there's a it's it's shifting. There's a royaling going on right now, and what's what I'm prioritizing. But yes, we're currently uh, actor slash writer, singer, and then a big space, and then dancer. Oh. <laughs> Major space. Yeah, Where would you put space. chef in that? Not far from the top, actually. One of my one of the the hobbies I, I had and really crafted over the pandemic was I, I cooked a, a lot. Um, so I would actually say, unironically, probably chefs up there. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's wow. a lot better than I can say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then where would ironic. you put con men trying to like get five million dollars? Where would you put yeah. that in your list? Uh, I would put that like a couple lists over and to somebody else's list. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a fine transition. Yeah. This week yeah. we are talking about a very very obscure film, but it actually a film this time. We've gotten to actual movies here. This week we are talking about Finders Keepers. Get ready for Finders Keepers and find the hidden five million. Is it in the car? Is it in the house? Is it in the bathtub? Heaven only knows. Join Michael O'Keefe, Beverly D'Angelo, and Louis Gossett Jr. in Finders Keepers. Rated R. Starts Friday, May 18th. Check newspapers for theater. Which was released on May 18th, 1984, written by Charles Dennis, Ronnie Graham, Terrence Marsh, and directed by the one and only Richard Lester, who has one of the most storied careers in filmmaking histories. It is... The plot of this film is, on the run from the police and a female roller derby team, scam artist Michael Rangeloff steals a coffin and boards a train, pretending to be a soldier bringing home a dead war buddy. The train ride home turns into far more than Michael bargains for. Dun, All right. Dun, dun. That is the most comedy premise pitch I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to so go many, with Alex. Can I say one? So many people in so many comedies like this get quote so much more than they bargained for we need to figure out how to say that we need to figure out how to say something else because i feel like anytime i see that now i'm like all right got it and i don't need to watch it because it's like okay yeah sure enemies become friends what? friends it's like all these cliche things he gets so Hilarity much more than he bargained for. yeah exactly um yeah the i mean that is, is another by the way one. though it is i will say the 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 biggest uh flaw most movies make is that they they make a promise with the log line or they make a promise with the premise and then they don't make good on it uh this this that premise is pretty much it <laughs> that's 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 kind of exactly what happens 
Alex, I am very curious how you got roped into this. Like, who did we kidnap to force you to be on the show and watch Finders Keepers? And what was your experience in watching this film? Um, the way I got roped in is because I accidentally gave Alan Seals my phone number one day. Oh, why would you do this? Um, and so I that's and so I got a text. Uh, but also because I enjoy, I, I like doing podcast number one, but also I like Jim Carrey a lot. So this is perfect. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't, I think that no comedian, physical or otherwise, hasn't crafted some part of their life around something Jim Carrey, if they're my age or around my age. So, I mean, this was, this was an easy thing to say yes to. Um, but I do want all of you to lose my contact information after <laughs> I've seen this movie now. Um, uh, no, my experience, my experience watching it. the movie... Yeah, it, well, for, I was also I had never heard of this movie, so which makes a lot of sense now that I saw it. And um, <laughs> it, but honestly, my experience watching this movie right when I started it because I started taking notes when I was watching it, and that fell to the wayside. I would say like thirty minutes in, just because I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to be noting anything very novel in this movie. And then I, my my note after I stopped taking notes was, where the fuck is Jim Carrey? <laughs> <laughs> An hour and what thirty minutes into an hour and thirty-five minute movie, he comes into this and he's an in an hour one, and like two minutes in. And it is whatever then he it came is. Back twenty minutes later. Yeah, right. But you're <laughs> like, yeah, and there's no real character development. Not that there, are, you know, not that there is with any human being in the movie, but it's just madcap. And but I will say, this is what I'm getting to: is that I grew up loving, truly loving, airplane, lethal, like uh, uh, Naked Gun. All that kind of stuff. So like, and it has a lot of that, like, it's like lightly there. It's not so over the top, like where it's 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 winking at itself as a movie, but like it has a lot of like, you know, uh using what is it, the Beach Boy? I said that I wrote, did they get the rights to just this song and just use it as much as they could? Like they were just <laughs> really squeezing I Get Around from the Beach Boys. These are the kinds of movies that heavily heavily utilized back then this like real good uh, contingent of saxophone players that play these like <laughs> incredible chase music. It's like insane. <laughs> Um, and just a guy going bananas over like a very like dun 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 and just a guy like G.E. Smith, you know, from SNL going absolutely bonkers on a saxophone. Uh, a guy. Oh, I, what I wrote is this is the kind of movie where a guy would shove a gun in a guy's asshole. <laughs> and, he, and he does. <laughs> Before we dive more into Finders Keepers, which promise we will. What I'm I think Phew. since me, Liz and Alan have really talked about our histories with Jim Carrey. What was yours? What was your first introduction to him and what did he mean to you coming up? Because he kind of was your generation. Same with Alan. Yeah. Well, I mean, we met when we were kids and um, <laughs> no. Uh, my coming up with him, I think, I mean, what does it have to be? It has to be like my first memories. I, I don't know which one came before the other, but I'm sure it was like the Ace Ventura of it all was probably where I first fell deeply in love with a human being I'd never seen do anything like that on screen. It was like, I loved old, old comedy stuff for a very long time because my parents raised me or my dad really raised me on sort of the 2000 year old man with Carl Reiner, history of the world part one, you know, but like really funny stuff in really funny situations. And so I also love things like Buster Keaton. And so like Jim Carrey is like the Buster Keaton that speaks, you know what I mean? Like he's like, mm -hmm. he's the guy that like is super physical, but then also is funny when he talks and, neither one has to take a seat for the other. So I thought Ace Ventura really tapped into something that I liked as a very flamboyant, um, loud mouth, give me the spotlight kind of kid. I was like, see, he can make money doing this. <laughs> Why can't I? <laughs> um, and so like, you know, I followed from there. I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine there's not a human being like me from my generation. I'm 35 years old that doesn't have if it's not something that's not in their top 20 is not at least five of them have Jim Carrey films in it from even if they're not funny. Like I know that like Truman Show is a movie that changed me, I think. Like I don't know if that's a too strong of a term, but I remember being in that movie, watching the movie, watching his performance in that movie, knowing that this is the guy from The Mask and, and both Ace Venturas and Bumblebee Tuna 
and you know, <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then getting to the point where I was so moved by his performance that I genuinely had I had a watch for the first time in my life during that movie. It's important to the story, and. I looked at my watch for about two minutes in the movie because I was 100% sure there was a camera in it after watching The Truman Show. I was like, I am him. How egotistical is that? How narcissistic <laughs> to, that, to, to watch that movie and to make it about me, by the way. Um, there is a psychological disorder based on that film with that exact kind of oh, form I, of it, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I have it for sure. Uh, but like that, I mean, I, and then you follow from there. I don't think I've missed a Jim Carrey movie. You know what I mean? Like even the one like, what is it called? 13 numbers? Number 13? 23. Number 23. 23. Number 23. Yeah, I've seen that. that was, which I That was my introduction to Jim Carrey. Oh, Oof, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the right introduction. Even, you know, even after watching Jim and Andy, the, the documentary about uh, mm-hmm. Man on the Moon, you know, and people, he came out of that not looking so great to people. You're like, he, what a huge fucking asshole that he would do that to an entire crew and company of people. Yeah. I think two truths can be in the same world. Like, yes, of course, but also hard to deny the performance in that movie on both ends, the, the Tony Clifton and the Andy Kaufman of it. That movie is one of my favorites. So, yeah, I mean, as a, as a spectator of Jim Carrey, I'm all about whatever he wants to do as long as it's not actually hurting people. I'm all in. I'm genuinely, I'm all in on Jim Carrey. So I, I, I say that with the, you know, in the last five years, anybody that goes, I'm all in on this person, I'm going to find out that he like murders cats in his basement or something, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, you know what? I, even, even then, I think that I'm, I'm good to, to be a Jim Carrey fan for life. Now, did Finders Keepers change any of your opinion on that? <laughs> I do have an opinion, actually, that I've been thinking about. I do. I really do, genuinely. Um, and it is, right. you know, the easy answer is no, obviously. But what was what fascinated me about this little moment he had in this movie is for because he's 22 in it. It's hard to look at it now without any sort of like what you know about him now. Right. So it's hard to like look at him as this just a guy you've never seen on screen before because you have you can't unsee that. But I was thinking about it like if I had seen if this movie came out today and someone like him was in that scene and I had never seen someone like him before. I would go, the fuck is this? What is he doing? Like, I would be like, what? Hi, Uncle Mario. Why didn't you tell me you were married? I'm not. Don't you lie to me. Your wife was at your funeral. What's your name? Well, how should I know? You tell me. I could have been drunk or something. Maybe if I took a look at her, where is she? No, 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 you stay right here. She's leaving tomorrow morning. You're leaving tomorrow afternoon. Count on it. Like, what a, even in this madcap, like, weird performance, like, slightly performance art comedy of a movie, like, it's, it, it's like insisting you to hate it. Like, um, <laughs> I, you look at his performance and at just his performance, and you're like, this is a bit over the top. Like, that's, <laughs> and that's saying a lot for the movie, but I was think, genuinely being like, I, 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 what I look for when I look in movies and stuff, my, my, my wife and I will do this a lot and it will call them extra extras that are like the extras in the background that are like doing so much that like they take their, they take you right out of the movie. I feel like that's what he like a lot of people watch and are like, that must be some producer's son because he's not good in this. He's like, doing like yeah, the, he, he crosses the surprised reaction in the background like, <gasps> yeah, or like yeah. people that are yeah. dancing in a club and like one guy's like, and like it's not even the same. <laughs> beat and so you're like well there's no music clearly but this guy obviously didn't get the message but like even when they ask him to put their hands up and cuff him he like he like flamboyantly like throws his hands up and crosses his arms like he's like a like an S&M dancer or something mm-hmm. and <laughs> but the whole thing you I was watching it going like that's classic Jim Carrey but it wasn't that's not classic mm-hmm. Jim Carrey not and I thought that was yeah that's what I, but I'm saying it's like nobody knew that and like it's cool to me as a human being who has like I think in my to personalize it something I clearly do all the time Truman Show gives me like a nice comfort to know that like what I was doing the whole time (laughs) in school and community theater and you know being called every name out of the book and looked at like some weirdo that now like having done Beetlejuice and School of Rock being given the opportunity to do that and let people go like well that's yeah that's clearly what he does it never used to be I was made fun of mercilessly for doing the things that I now make a living doing. So I like really in that moment was oddly heartwarmed by going, wow, this kid is sticking to his guns. This Jim Carrey kid knows what he's going to do. 
And he never, ever wavered from that. And I think that that is the one only silver lining, I will say, of how much of a waste of time this movie was for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I uh, this period in Jim Carrey's career, which is his very early, early days, I I have dubbed his earnest period where he doesn't quite get to that wisecracker or wisecracking Spugs Bunny like I know better than everyone kind of where he still is doing the wild flamboyant things, but it's under the appearance of being super earnest and super like, hey, what's going on? Come on. Which doesn't work toward that in any way, which is part of him developing his own style. Like, But it's just a strange misuse of such a great talent at this point. Well, that you know now. I mean, people then, this oh, could yeah. be, this was a tick. I mean, this was a very, very, very persnickety ticking time bomb type thing where you have to cut the right wire to make sure this guy's going to make the day. I mean, it make the difference <laughs> here because it's like, it, you could see how easily his whole thing could have gone wrong. I mean, it's about taste. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's undeniable now, but I wasn't a guy that was going to, I wasn't investing my millions of dollars on, on this movie, hoping that Ace Ventura would be a, like a home run watching him in that scene that's just him at a table this is in finders keepers him at a table with a person with brian denny he pacing in the background and it's this sort of like kind of like small table conversation the amount of faces he goes through in that is ridiculous (laughs) it's so crazy (laughs) and yet i will say like and maybe this is just because i love him and i know him now and everything he does and you know what his subtlety is like his version of subtlety that maybe it is good but at the time, you're like, I don't know. This doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. So I don't know as a human how I'm supposed to process this. Like objectively watching the scene, it, it, he is the extra extra in, yeah. in this. Because it took me out of like the the genre that this, by an hour and a half, when the, is the first time we see Jim Carrey in this movie, the, the reality that was established, he doesn't seem to fit. And so to your point, I don't quite understand how you know who he knew whose cousin he was whatever it was to get into that scene but yeah so i i but objectively speaking can is it easy for you to to say i guess he should have been in the movie i because otherwise for me it just didn't it didn't fit not knowing who he is now if i didn't know that and i was just like new to this earth and this planet and watch this he still would have taken me out of that scene I did jot a note down about that, which I find fascinating, which is Jim Carrey feels like the punchline to a joke and the joke is only on me. Like, literally, (laughs) it's just building up, building up to like, who is this body belong to? Who is it? And the joke is it belongs to this weird dweeby kid. And that dweeby kid happens to be $20 million making Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. And the name of that kid having to be completely made up by a complete stranger who didn't know he existed. And it's exact it's exact name and the exact location he made up on the train. And he happens (laughs) to live there and he happens to have the exact name and he happens to be a war deserter, so he is technically a veteran. Can I also say with with all of that being said, that the guy that starred in this movie, he got a lot more than he bargained for. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm being quite honest. Like if now that we're hearing all this, like this this premise, the, the logline of this movie really, really, really makes good on its promise. It's excellent callback. Very excellent callback. Um, Alex, why don't you explain the plot of this film? <laughs> Ignoring the Jim Carrey of it all. I want to hear you try to explain the plot. In if the you need okay. help, let me know. I'll need, I mean, has it's, watched it four times. I've watched okay. at least three to four times due to delays, so I understand the plot really well. <laughs> It's like one of your eyes is purple. You're like, I've seen it four times. I'm just um, switching. Yeah. Um, I, you're going to have to help me with the character names because I was legitimately, you know, watching. Uh, it's been like paper figures moving around this grant. I wasn't investing in the humans. Uh, it's about a, a guy who, <laughs> it's about this guy who uh, has a roller a, a roller derby team uh, and, and he can't pay them. And then he thinks that another guy's going to pay him and he runs away because he can't. And, they, and so they chase him. He, like any good hijinks, he stumbled, quite literally stumbles onto this other plot of two people that are trying to uh, move money. They have this coffin that that needs to uh, go one way, and he, because uh, he's oh, he's naked. That's important, actually, a part of this movie. He he he's gets his clothes. He's naked in the bathtub. He's naked in a bathtub because he sleeps with the 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 our officer or the the captain of the police wife, and so he gets kicked out of this house. 
Because also, like, is that's a bit of a Ferris Bueller thing, too. He's like, hey. <laughs> he, like, goes in this backyard, and he's like, how's it going? Uh, and <laughs> then he... I love how when the chief of police comes in and comes back home into the house, he goes, oh, not again. Not again. <laughs> he sees the... He sees a roller skate and a pair of pants, and he says, not again. No, um, uh, she's at it again. That's what he said. She's, she's at, at it again. Um, but he needs clothing, so he goes to this pawn shop, and he gets this kind of military service outfit. How am I supposed to get here? I, I, mistaken identities. It's every fucking movie you've ever seen. Of this, it, mistaken identities. <laughs> More than he ever... bargained for. I am actually fascinated by this film. Specifically, like... Would we say it's a film that logistically makes sense beginning to end? You follow every plot point. Like there's I no. I you were like, just gonna gaps. say. I thought you were just gonna say. Is is this a film? <laughs> Question mark. It's one well, of the film what we've watched. But... I, I will it's say the first it's actual a... film we've watched. It's yeah, on it's film. We watch TV, movies, and porn. So. Yeah. Yes. Nice. This is a step it up. It is impressive that they were able to make this film because they were originally given a schedule of nine weeks to shoot and then it got cut to six weeks while shooting. So they had to cut major subplots and really trim this together while shooting. So well, yeah, that's what I it am like. surprised <laughs> it makes I'm surprised it makes sense as much as it does and that I wasn't like, what's going on? Who are these people? X, Y, Z things. And it's still Pre- over an hour and a half long. Yes. Yeah. Or at yeah. least yeah. from info I found, it was intended to be nine weeks and Richard Lester is like, no, we can do it in six. And they did it in six. That sounds like a very <laughs> Richard Lester thing to do. do. Does anyone know who Richard Lester is? Because he He's has the director a director of Finders Keepers. He's the director of the Final best movie of all time. Yeah. I'm looking. I have it right here because I have everything. Everything uh, built up here. But he's what is he, it? It was he did one. It was a hard day's night. And help. And a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. All oh. of these things, like he Superman and Superman three, and <laughs> Superman two, he took over for Richard Donner after Richard Donner was fired. He worked a lot with the Beatles and Paul McCartney, even up to now. And somehow or another, at age ninety one, he is still kicking, um, retired and living off those royalty checks. So, <laughs> I find yeah. him fascinating as a comedy director because he kind of hit it big once and rode that to success for the rest of his career. Well, I will also say though, I mean, it it makes uh, now Superman three makes a lot of sense to me. Actually, yes. <laughs> did he get honestly more than he bargained for? He got yeah, he got a lot more than he bargained Richard for. Richard Pryor Superman got more than Richard he bargained Pryor's for. Richard Pryor is a lot more than movie. anyone can bargain for, especially during the night during the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I I just find Richard Lester to be an interesting person. That's career. I I don't think there's another career like him who you can both do help. A funny thing happened to the way to the forum, Superman three and finders keepers. And it is all in a trajectory of that. I am very curious as to if a director like that existed, where does finders keepers find its way across your desk? Um, so CBS productions, I think this is like one of the like two films that they made on a very cheap budget. And even then they didn't quite have the money to distribute it. And it was a film that they made and released in only 753 theaters and flopped and wondered why did it flop? Mm -hmm. There was no marketing behind this. And to this film's credit, unlike everything else we've covered, they have not tried to market on the success of Jim Carrey after its release. They didn't just slap his face on the cover and say, this is a Jim Carrey film, like everything else we've done. Could you imagine if you bought this (laughs) under the premise that Jim Carrey's in this movie? Ooh, I can. Have you seen All in Good uh, Taste, which is a porno that has Jim Carrey in the background, but every VHS has his face all over it? He has no, but no I will lines. now. I will he now. No lines. He has no lines in that All movie. All he does is hold a camera on his penis and doesn't speak. Yeah, it's, what's it's the incredible. so what's the part what's the bad part? <laughs> I'll send you I'll send you that <laughs> one. The camera's there. The yeah, first time I've seen a movie like that. You see his pasty butt. <laughs> First, first time I've started a movie like that. It's fun. Yeah, come on. Yeah, who hasn't who done has it? it? I'll unforget your contact info and send this. Send that to you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I want this on the record. Actually, I want all three of you to lose my contact info after this. This is this is, <laughs> this is our twenty-seven minutes in. This is the worst. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Um, yeah. but let's go into some trivia first before oh. we lose that contact. Um, let's do it. So, first and foremost, five million dollars is the MacGuffin of this story. Um, and the right. film takes place in 1973, according to the title card. So what do we think with inflation that would be worth today? And we're going to play a game of higher or lower. Um, Alex, you can go last. Liz, how much do you think uh, it's worth? And don't look at the doc. 
I already I looked at the doc like twenty minutes ago, so I'm just all right. Well, then take a guess now, even though you've looked at the doc. Get get it right. Uh, Hundred million. <laughs> no, Alan. Uh, nineteen seventy-three, five million dollars. I'm gonna say forty million today. Okay, and Alex, you're the last one. Are we doing prices right rules? Yes. Okay, then I'm gonna go. Uh... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm going to say $55 million. Oof. All of you went a little too high, but I don't oh. blame you because this is the horrible world we are. It was $33.5-ish million with an increase of around $28 million over 50 years. I should have said $1, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, when I just saw them like pushing together like barely any stacks of money, I'm like, man, that doesn't look like that much. Yeah, the amount of things that you'd have to go that I'm thinking of having that movie to just get five million, and I'm I'm not coming from a place of that type of financial privilege necessarily by saying this, mm-hmm. but like even thirty three million, you're like, that's a lot to go through. I'd be like, you know what? I'm good with one million. <laughs> this is so i'm because all there's gonna be a lot of like hospital bills to pay after this and (laughs) like you know you have like a basic sword fight on a moving house it's like there's a there's a lot this is one of those movies i i I told my wife this i said to explain the tone of this movie (laughs) near the end there is a fight on a moving house they're like moving a house on a truck and the house all of the walls and roof get stripped away, which is kind of a really fun thing, by the way, to watch the kind that of moving house. Stunt. Very cool. And clearly had to be live because of when it was. It's very, very dangerous, and it looks dangerous. It's cool. Um, the the main guy kicks uh, the, the Snidely Whiplash guy down the stairs, and he falls down the stairs and hits every uh, step on the way down. And each and, and it goes, uh, he goes, clack. And he goes, this, he goes, which is like the most cartoony, like Elmer Fudd, like, and that's most of the movie. Like there's a guy, oh, what is the, there's a, oh, there's a, I think actually in that part, there's a dentist that's like, now hold real still. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. an extra. This isn't, gonna, total, this isn't gonna hurt a bit. And he gets clocked <laughs> on the head and then he puts the drill like in the guy's crotch. And it's, but there's, and there's, and you want to be like, you know, for me now, cause I do a, a shitload of writing. I want to be like, What's that guy like? Where? Let's let's talk. Like, how did that guy get there that day? Sorry. All right, enough's enough. Give me the money.
we'll do this together. I want to pitch a okay. movie that is that is not a prequel. It's like whatever you call it, like this, like when the camera, it's like Wicked, like you know, it's happening during the Wizard of Oz, but you move the camera stage right a little. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, exactly. Kind of style. We'll do a whole movie about this guy's day. It's going to seem like nothing. It's going to seem dramatic. It's going to seem like drama. There's almost no comedy in it. There's like there's like a, a domestic turmoil. One of his kids is trying to get into college, but he has like a you know a dark past. And then this guy goes to this dentist every day to get kind of some advice. And so he goes. Um, he always says the dentist goes. Now this one hurt a bit, right? And he says this one hurt a bit. And at the end, you know, he talks about this thing that's really emotional. He says, and just so you know, this won't hurt a bit. And then he gets clocked in the head and he gets and the thing goes in the crotch. And we realize in that moment that this was all in the world of the finder keepers verse. <laughs> Can we do that? Um, I like it. I like I it. Game. Do you guys we have need any to get time? Richard Lester's <laughs> approval and like we need his blessing, of course. We're gonna pitch this to TNT. I think it'll be like I th- I think we shouldn't reveal it's in the finders keepers verse. And just call it Sad Dentist, and then people that know will know. I can already see, like, the Vulture article be like, did you know that Sad Dentist and Finders Keepers are related? (laughs) By the way, I can't believe how quickly I got on board with Sad Dentist as a title. (laughs) (laughs) Right away, I was like, this is now our project. I mean, I I like Sad Dentist. You got Young young Sheldon. It's in the same vein as that. You got to really just base titles. Here's how we tie it all together, though, is that at the end, there's like a funeral for the guy, the dad that's that gets, you know, the, that the sad dentist accidentally kills via crotch uh, injury. We're at the funeral and the and, and people are coming up to the guy's wife. Sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. The kid gets into college. Like, that's the thing. That's the win is like mm-hmm. he gets to college, but his dad never got to see him do it. And so finally, this guy comes up and he goes, your father was a good man. And we pan up and it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, tell me that you regret having me on this podcast. <laughs> I am so sold on this, like, because Jim Carrey hates sequels. Like, imagine that's the one he comes back to. Come on, be awesome. That would, that would be so in his. That's that's completely in his thing to do. Are you kidding? I I know that the critics will love that, but let's figure out what the critics thought of Finders Keepers when this came oh. out. So, do we think they were positive or negative or in the middle? I'm torn. Honestly, because I'd have to think about the time in which it came out too. like what other movies were coming out right then. That was that's a big deal. Do we know? It came out two years before Back to the Future, 1983. Oh. Let me try to think of what came out in that. When was Indiana year. Jones? When did that first come out? That was later in the 80s. That's this later. came out the same year as Return of the Jedi. So let's put that into perspective. Hmm. I honestly think it probably didn't get. I, I'm thinking it didn't get panned. I'm thinking it's either mixed or maybe even slight positive reviews just because it's one of those like it is not a not feel good movie. It's kind of fun to watch. It's it's silly and it has, it's not it's not hurting anybody. I think yeah, the I same agree. year as Ghostbusters. Oh, Ooh. well, it's certainly hmm. not going to. I mean, I'm, I'm even Beverly surprised Hills it got. Cop. Oh, God. If those movies came out all at the same time, I'm surprised this movie got reviewed. <laughs> that is, that I'm surprised that didn't. They just go. Yeah, it's a movie. I was like, this is the first episode we have actual critics to talk about rather than IMDb users who happen to yeah. watch the movie. Right. So so Variety reviewed this film on December 31st, 1983, stating, and this is basically their entire review, director Richard Lester returns to his pell-mell trademark and the result is maddening. Interesting cast is wasted, with right exception being Beverly D'Angelo. That is their full review. Yeah. Ouch. And then they can then the movie cuts it into a pull quote and it just says Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> right. Dot 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 Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I love the way she says the, the, the badly dated slurs. All right, let's see what the New York Times <laughs> said. Because we all know that they are a paragon of integrity when it comes to reviewing content, right? And right, by the way, right? kids, this was not online. These were this was wasted ink. Yes. This was in the print. This was in print. You couldn't look this one up. You had to go and search this review out. (laughs) And this is from Vincent Canby, um, written May 18th, 1984. Finders Keepers has a lot of charm, best described as loose-jointed. It's not especially graceful, but it grows increasingly funny as it approaches the Nebraska showdown. Though the pacing of the film is uneven, its high points stand out like clumps of trees in the flat Nebraska (laughs) landscape. 
Finders Keepers, and is unexpectedly satisfying. The good humor and the wit are even retroactive, making the opening sequences seem funnier than they actually were. Let's take a look at, is this, Liz, you found this review. Is this from IMDb or is it from just some guy Uh, writing a blog? No, no, this is from IMDb. This is back before I knew we had critic reviews. So I went on, I I went to my old homestead of IMDb. (laughs) Yes. If there's anything funny. Yes. And And I found one that is funny for like a few, at least a few sentences. Because most of them were, this movie's great. I love it. Why is it on DVD yet? These were written in like 2003. It just got a (laughs) Blu-ray release, fun fact, everyone. Yeah, like Uh, just. (laughs) People love this movie. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, one of my thoughts was that I wanted to be able to see it more clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Digitally remastered hijinks. Okay, so this is from, uh, this is called Laugh So Hard I Almost Hurt Myself. Okay. It was written in January of 2004. Full 20 years after the film came out. Yes. Wait, that's okay. that's the whole review? No, no, that's, no, there's, there's Okay, that's more. the title. Okay, okay. There's more. That's, the, that's what it's called. Yeah. I first saw this at a drive-in. It made me laugh so hard, I fell to the floor. As a six-foot-three driver slipping beneath the steering wheel, this was no minor accomplishment. This is a misspelling in the review. Nor was distangling myself and escaping so I could sit up again. I felt the movie delivered one pleasant surprise after another, presenting unpredictable and hilarious situations. The pace seemed to start deliberately slow so that I could steadil- that it could steadily build. What some consider uneven pacing stuck with me as a gift that allowed me to occasionally catch my breath. Now, if only it'd be released on DVD. <laughs> Gotta wait ten years, but we'll get it. You'll get it, my friend. Well, I want to say before you say that, because I think that actually warms my heart in this idea that this movie was for someone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even mean that in a a comedy way. I actually loved how positive and heartwarmed this guy was by the movie. And it goes to show you that even truckers have taste. This movie's for somebody, man. That's the that's the thing. This movie's for people. You know what I mean? It's not. That's why we're here talking about it, by the way. Looks like the joke's on us, really, if we're talking about it. I don't, know what Driven was showing it. Finders Keepers, though. In well, 2000. One of the 753 theaters. Yeah. No, this is in 2004, so this is like oh, this 20 one, years oh. after. Oh, geez. Well, then right. it's got to be, it has to be then, because I've driven like through Ohio, where like what you're seeing is like, you're seeing like firework shacks, church, porn shop, and then it just like repeats. And then probably there's like a drive-in somewhere in there that's like, Finders Keepers? <laughs> <laughs> we found it in the garbage, but here which you is, go. by the way, if Finders Keepers is the combination of fireworks, church, and porn. <laughs> wow, that's Beautiful. a thinker, but it's real. No, no, it's that should true. be the tagline. Yeah, fireworks, um, church, porn, Finders, Finders Keepers. Keepers. So Why today Alex, on Blu-ray, I've heard a rumor recently, and I need you to confirm or deny this. Um, that you are actually working on a musical adaptation of Finders Keepers, and yeah. you're coming in here to try to basically shadow promote it before it's even like hit off Broadway. Is this the truth? Uh, yeah. If so, who are you just involved in the writing creative process, or are you also starring? What What's the plan there? I have no real aspirations to be in it, just because when I write something, I like to not write for myself, just because I want to be fair and balanced for the other actors. Um, and I'm a big believer in collaboration. So, and I also don't know how to write music. So, um, right now, it's me and John Batiste from the Late Show with Stephen Colbert um, are are kind of collaborating on this idea. Um, we kind of like stumbled upon our mutual interest in this over like we had coffee at a really expensive place. By the way, I want that to be. Uh, on, I want that to be recorded, uh, and uh, I paid. Oh, so, oh! Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and your surprise really makes me upset because I, why would <laughs> no? You got that Beetlejuice money. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Beetlejuice. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. I like the, the the Beetlejuice Corporation paid for the uh, for the for the for the, for the one Michael espresso Keaton and hot tea. Paid it. Michael yeah. Keaton paid exactly. for it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, so the two of us are, are doing it. Uh, we have an offer out to Tina Landau to direct. Um, and our dream cast, I mean, we're doing some like little tiny chemistry reads right now. But uh, I have um, in her what would be a stage debut, or at least New York stage debut, is Jennifer Coolidge as the Beverly D'Angelo part to play. What is the lead guy's name? I should know this because I'm writing it. What is his name? <laughs> His name. Neither, is, neither do you guys. That makes me feel better. His name is Michael Rangeloff. Rangeloff. That's his. That's the character's name, right? 
Yes. The uh, Rangeloff is going to be uh, is going to be uh, Chris Fitzgerald. Ooh, um, that is a choice. That's well, he's choice. like you know, like when you see him on stage and he walks in, you're going to be like, that guy is going to probably get a lot more than he bargained for. I imagine. <laughs> um, and then I think, uh, like, I think in the Jim Carrey role, like, I think we would do that thing where, like, that every once in a while you like that it's going to be like, oh, it's Bruce Valanche, like for a two or one or two, and then it'll be like kind of a rotating because it's such a small thing. And then eventually the idea is to, you know, possibly put Jim Carrey in for a week and kind of like pre-sell out the show um, <laughs> as more of like a like a stunt casting thing, obviously. But we wouldn't be able to get him for a run. So we would get him like for a very special kind of thing. We'd get Broadway.com and on the Broadway world to get cameras in there for the curtain call and we'd get an interview with him backstage. And that's purely for ticket sales. He wouldn't do the, you know, we'd. Now, who are you getting to play the Sentry, the the father character? Would that oh. Would that be a stunt casting role or? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think the, we're not going to have him sing. Hmm. So I think like that's going to kind of be an interesting thing that could be like a thinker on the ride home. Like, why didn't he sing? Um, so like Al Roker? Use... Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, like I was thinking Al Roker. Again, we're riding on popularity here. So like things like, uh, I mean, I think Wendell Pierce doesn't have to sing hmm. at all. Not that this would be like classic traditional casting for the role, but like uh, uh, Brian Cox, because he's like sort of sick of doing succession. He just kind of wants, um, he just wants to try some, he's reached out and was like, I want to try something different. I'm so, I'm so sick of this character. And so I want to play something wildly different. Um, and he's always, he's obviously, and this is not, this is not news. He's always wanted to work with Tina Landau. So like there's, this is like one of those like right, two giants meeting um for this thing. So I'm really, I would say, I don't, I don't use this term lightly, but I am like blessed and grateful to be able to have all these people really working towards a similar goal. Hashtag blessed. We just did a mini episode of make me a musical in this other podcast. <laughs> um. I forgot to warn you guys that I will, if you just tell me to do something, I'll do it. <laughs> so and I'll, you commit I'll run, to the bed and I, will, I respect it. it. If anyone's ever worked with me or had me on anything is that I will commit to a point of, uh, to, to you going, we were kidding. We were kidding, Alec. We were kidding. <laughs> I get a lot of that. I get a lot of, are you serious? Question mark. Or we were just kidding. I think that was enough of a break where I can go back to what the rest of the world thought of Finders Keeper. Are you ready for yeah, of course. Letterbox Game? Five star, one star. Where sure. Liz and I are going to ask you and Alan to go head to head. And we're going to read you each a Letterbox review that actually exists. And you have to guess whether it was a one star review or a five star review based only on the contents of it alone. Can I ask I you a question? I will say this movie has begin? a. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Was... No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> No, you go ahead. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Wanna, Mom and dad, stop. Stop. I just want to know if you if you ever have done this podcast without a microphone in front of you. Have you just done this in like your bed and stuff like that? Because you're so good at it. Thank you. No. Did I, you ever I, do this when you were younger and like, boy, I can't wait to have a mic in front of me someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'm ready for this game. Sorry. I just thought I was, I was complimenting your hosting skills. No worries. I appreciate it. Um, I've been doing it for a while. Liz, you want to be on Team Allen and I'll take Team Alex? Sounds good. Oh, A and A. This is gonna be hard. Oh, yeah. you actually wrote out the names. Look at that, Liz. Why don't you and Alan start and set up the premise of the game? Are, are you ready, Alan? I'm. I I'm am, ready, yeah. and I have. I have yet to be defeated in oh. these episodes. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm not very true? competitive. I, so. I lost track. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a competitive human being. So if you win, I'm as happy as I was before we started. All right, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this started. This review was originally in French. But I translated it using Google Translate, so it you might have to not start be accurate. I won't be a part of this. I can't do a this. French accent. I'm not going to insult anybody. <laughs> I took Italian in high school. So. I disagree with the accent they just used. <laughs> if you're in the mood for a comedic chase across America, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, this that's is a French wonderful. person. <laughs> It's uh, a really we, funny review. Uh, oh, oh, goodness. This is starting to get hard. They were more obvious before. Uh, I'm going to go with a one star. That's a five star. No! Well, you do have to take into account the interpretation. I, yeah. I, looking back, that was a bad choice. Because the, the read was, that's fine. But it could have been like, that's fine! You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fine. Yeah. <laughs> that Italian French? 
Yes. <laughs> I, I took don't, Italian. I don't, so. I don't, I don't, uh, this is not me saying any accents. Everyone's cool. <laughs> he did so many accents before we hit record. No, we, that's yeah, not true. Have and I will deny this and I will sue you into the ground. <laughs> that's fine. All right, Alex, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Viewed in 1984. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is a four-star review. That is a one-star! And just so you know, it is a binary. It's either one or five. No middles. Oh, it's one or five? I thought it was one to five. Nope, one or five. Okay, then one. Just to make it a little easier. <laughs> yes, it is okay, one. one. You don't get the <laughs> point. One point for Alex. <laughs> That's not fair. Hey, brown noser. That's we don't change the rules. Well, I don't care. I'm not competitive. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely won't do a French accent. All right, your no. turn. No. Accurate representation of cops. <laughs> Five star. Five star. I'm gonna need. I need the date of that one because that depends. One star. No. Yeah, it's, it's a more recent review. Uh, I can. I, I get the date. I have to look for it. <laughs> I'd be so curious. I bet that Maybe. would have to do with the date. Did I? Did I not have the context again? It was accurate representation of cops. Uh, it was written in 2018. Mm. Uh, not so. quite, not quite mm. there. Nope. All right. Oh, for two. All right. Or Open someone out. well ahead of their time. Continue. I watched this on a really shitty Russian YouTube upload while playing Lego City Undercover. It's gotta be five. That is a one star. Ooh. <laughs> the Russian That's made right. it bad. It's so fun. That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> I do. I genuinely love that's so funny. I could read these all day. That's really funny. Ed Louder has hair, kinda, and a very young and hilarious Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Very young and hilarious Jim Carrey. Uh, I was going to go one until they mentioned Jim Carrey. I'm giving that a five. That's right. Yes. Yeah, nice. Ooh. Very, very nice. All right. Alex, we got this. We can take it back. We, we can get back from this. All okay, right. I believe in us. Watch this because I saw the movie poster on Tumblr and never heard of it. <laughs> That's a five. That is correct! Mm. <laughs> uh, what you can't see over onto my right is I'm flipping a coin. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way to play this yeah. game and the only is, way yeah. for success. <laughs> yeah. All right, Liz, last one. B84, watched in 2019. B8, like bingo? Yeah. I, yeah, it's the bingo format. Well, the, no, because the Bs are much lower, but go ahead. <laughs> Damn it. Wait, read read the whole thing again? I got, I got focused on bingo. B84, so like the bingo. Right. And then comma, watched in 2019. One star. Five stars. No! Ooh. Alex, if you get this right, we win. When Richard Lester directed this movie, he was only 52. And with it, he was pretty much done. <laughs> oh, no, come on! I mean, I, 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 I want to win. So I'm going to, unless this is one of those, like, fake, you know, fake outs, but I'm going to say one star. That was a five star! And no! we, we have a tie, so you guys are both equally So the streak continues. This. As this game yeah. as I thought it would be. The streak continues. But you made me feel guilty about liking to win now, Alex. So I <laughs> I didn't I didn't say anything about you. That's on you, baby. I don't the, I said anything about me. The judgment was there. No. The judgment was there. Mom, dad, stop now, fighting. I can tell you a quick this quick story to it, it, this is the quick story. Somebody I can even put it into Finders Keepers land if you want. I can replace the thing we were talking about. I was talking to a friend about Finders Keepers, right? Okay. And he's and he said something about Finders Keepers. And I was like, ugh dreadful movie and he went he went what i said i didn't like that movie he says really i said yeah i think it's a pretty bad movie and he goes we might have to fight about that and i said no we don't you can think whatever you'd like and i'm gonna think whatever i'm gonna like and he was flabbergasted at how the conversation ended he was like we're not gonna talk about it i was like we don't need to i have you are not going to change my mind and i have no intention of changing yours that's how i feel and it's made my life really easy there was no resentment there alan if you want to win that badly then you, then let's just say that you win no, well, now, now me off how well you handle the internet, sir. Yeah. Me? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, man, well, that, I should well, just do that. Well, I got off of social media and it was, it was, it was, uh, like akin to orgasm, how great it felt to be off of that. <laughs> I had to keep trudging forward. But the thing is, you went toward the darkness and came out with light with the Finders Keepers <laughs> musical that you are now workshopping at the New York yep. Theater Workshop. Tickets are on sale next week. Um, please, yeah, please and, um, call the box office. And if you are a big fan of Wicked, I would see it soon because we are taking the Gershwin. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, sorry, Stephen Schwartz. Try to find Wicked, maybe in a movie theater, I guess, if we don't cancel that too. <laughs> so to wrap this on up, let us give us our final ratings. And our rating system is either an all righty then or a no spank you. Um, Alan, why don't you go first? Is it an all righty then or a no spank you? Considering the previous uh, source material that we have been reviewing, this I'm giving this an alrighty then. I did not hate it. That's fair enough. Liz, what about you? Um, it wasn't porn and it didn't look like crap, so I'm gonna give it an alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> you you know what? I, I cannot I, I know how Alex feels walking into this because we felt that the last three episodes. So I feel like this is the lightest of light alrighty thens because it was a movie <laughs> with a plot and actors I recognized and songs I liked. So there was at least three silver linings. Um and which no I boobs. know Yeah, damning with faint praise, but we'll we'll just have to deal with that. And Alex, what about you? For the sole fact that it made me feel like what it would feel like to watch a grindhouse film in in uh, old seventies or New York, <laughs> um, because I've never done that and always wanted to, uh, and for the fact that you know, I feel like not only did the lead character, but I got more than I bargained for. <laughs> I'm going to give this a pretty hearty. All righty then. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Alex, you were a wonderful guest. Please, I know you say you don't have many socials to promote, but I'm sure you've got other things you would like people to look at. So promote them for the world to hear. Um, okay, yeah, I can actually. I can promote um, one thing. It's, it's, uh, I do, I'm on a couple cartoons that you can check out. Um, uh, I'm on a cartoon on YouTube Red called Hell of a Boss, which has a really fun following. Uh, there are two seasons of a show on Netflix called Dead End Paranormal Park. Um, we just found out we're not getting a third season, so watch the the, uh, the first two as what they are. I think they're beautiful. There's a musical episode in the first uh, season written by the lead singer of Fall Out Boy, Patrick Stump. I'm back. Oh, yeah, I talk now. <laughs> ah! This is not okay. Would you like to know what your butt smells tell me? Ugh. Oh, and I also have magic powers. Um, it's a really fun series, and I do a ton of these signings uh, for these things quite a bit. And I sort of released them on streamily.com. Am I allowed to promote another website? Um, streamily.com. I guess that's true. There's my dog. Hey, dog. Oh my gosh, um, dog. Hey, Kevin. Uh, he's been there the whole time. And he was, his, his sort of like his sleeping on his back was sort of like the me metaphor of me watching Finders Keepers. Um, <laughs> but did he so, like Finders Keepers? <laughs> he didn't. I, I, I kept that away from my son. Okay. <laughs> I am not letting my son watch such heresy. <laughs> um, and so Some no I, I do these if you want to if you want to check out this uh my shop on streamly i have th stuff that i sign there and and prints and all that kind of stuff and and people that seem to enjoy them which i would have never guessed but it's streamily.com s-t-r-e-a-m-i-l-y.com and you can just search my name other than that mm -hmm. i'm around i'm doing some writing i'm not on social media so you don't get to hear my thoughts aside from podcasts um or if you find me on the street and if you see me on the street in new york city Say hello and just be nice and don't be creepy. Um, <laughs> damn. You hear that, people? kids? Hear that? The, that is the, the no. verbal equivalent of don't don't uh, don't step on the grass. There's the signs there for a reason. <laughs> don't be a weirdo. Be, yep, just, yep. just be nice. You know what? You can be a weirdo. Just be nice. Don't be creepy. 
All right. Um, Alex, this was wonderful. Alan, I know you've got podcasts and galore to promote, so promote those for the world to hear just in case. Oh, goodness. Uh, the theater podcast with Alan Seals. Uh, was it Chance, which is a podha- podcast I co-host, um, Carried Away? Perhaps you've heard of it. It's this podcast I co-host with Liz and Jesse and sometimes extra special guests. And uh, I think that's about it at the moment. Yeah, we'll go with that. Liz, your socials. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Elizabeth Estin. I, my letterboxd account is Lizbird910 if you want to hear my weird opinions. Um, I will. I'm definitely um, getting that. I'm definitely going on that. Uh, also, I'm on this podcast, obviously. And I, I am a co-host of Patreon with Cheese, the Musicals with Cheese Patreon podcast. Woo-hoo. Join the Musicals with Cheese Patreon to listen. And I'm sometimes on Musicals with Cheese. So. Yeah. Yes. Um, I am the host of Musicals with Cheese. You can find that with my co-host, Andrew DeWolf. I am also the host of the Dear Friends podcast with uh, Christy Esterly and Emily Clark. You, you might know Emily Clark. You, you roll in that Ryan Scott yes. Oliver world. Uh, for a sec, you, I didn't, you didn't finish the K in Clark. And I was like, that sounds like Emily Clark. Yeah, of course I do. Okay, yeah, you roll with the Grace Aki's of the world too. Like you, you know, you of know my mutes. Love, love, love. Did you say mutes? My moots, mutuals. Oh boy! But right, I talk we should, end, we, should end, we should end this really soon. <laughs> <laughs> I use. I like to speak in. I like to speak in full words. Oh no, damn! Then that contact information is burnt. It's gone forever. Like completely. It's gone, gone forevs. Um Tons. and yeah, um, go check that out and also. Um, not quite ready to promote that yet. I don't know when this is releasing, but other things are coming. Um, so, <laughs> just so you all know, if you were waiting for other things, they're coming. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing that Alan and Liz are very heavily involved with. Yes, um, yeah, so I'm working on that thing. So, yeah. well, I'm excited yeah, to thing. hear about it. Um, on that note, Alex, before we wrap this all up for good and for the rest of the week, we do want to hear a little bit of the. 11 o'clock number from Finders Keepers the Musical, if you could, please. I know you've been working really hard at it. Sure. This is um this is the sort of the moment. You I don't really you don't really get to see a lot of this scene in the movie, but we sort of take from what we know as a source material. We're like the the you know the at the end of the scene at the end of the movie where the priest has money in his yes. Yes. in his coat or his robe. Um Brian so this Cox. is sort of this is Brian Cox uh talking about how he's gonna fit the bills in the coat and it's a it is like a it is a ballad but this sort of how it it, it kind of begins in this sort of recitative kind of thing where it's just no real uh, it's a lot of like you know hanging violin you know and he kind of just says yeah yeah i don't need that um uh, all these bills bills upon bills will they fit where will they fit I have a bag and a briefcase, but who carries briefcases these days? I put on my robe, it fits like a glove, but then there's these bills, and yet no more love. Where do these bills fit? Where do these bills fit? In anywhere on the globe, where do these bills fit? <gasps> My robe. <laughs> Who the fuck is gonna mystify gravity with that coming in? I mean, the Gershwin's oh, yeah, when, got at the end. Yeah, and at the end, there. he puts on his collar. He goes, click, and he goes, oh. <laughs> Bravo. He's sir. the main character Bravo. now. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, that was lovely, and I don't think there's any way we can top that. So we will see you next time on the Carried Away podcast.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.